Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. Hey Beer Geeks, it's Friday, it's 5pm, which means it's time for the Friday 5pm podcast, and it's definitely past time for me to find a better intro mm. to, to this podcast. <laughs> Just an eyebrow raise from Brad there. How are we doing, Bradders? I'm alright, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty drunk. I was hanging already, but now I'm drunk uh, because I'm drinking some wicked beer. And who, you know, where's that wicked beer from, Brad? Ver- yeah, this is an interesting one. I'd say Verdant. What? But, but you say homebrew. Well, I made it, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't here. I was here for the brew day. But I think there's some, something fishy's happened because this is way too good to be a homebrew. <laughs> you think I've filled this wonderful keg next to me with, with verdant beer just I to troll you? I think we spent several hundred pounds on uh, pints of verdant to troll me. Because, honestly, if I was at a beer festival and I discovered this little beauty... I would be all over it. You'd be doing what Brad does best, which is like leaning on the bar with some poor bar barman or bar lady, just and you're just like another one of those, and you'll be telling them stories, the kind of stories you tell on the Friday five pm podcast all the time exactly. for the rest of the session. Exactly. Which isn't really the point of beer festivals. The point of beer festivals mm. is to try lots of stuff and discover new things. Whereas you just Not for you me. just zone in on one and go, Yeah, more <laughs> of that please. I like the vibe I like if I find a vibe that I like, I will I'm all over it. Yeah. So I might I do a little bit of exploratory stuff, and then I'll probably set up base somewhere, and just just enjoy uh, people and life and yeah, like a vibe, good things. Vibe sticker, vibes, yeah, yeah, yeah vibes. I'm all about a, vibes. There is a sticker in that, just sticker that says vibes, and vibes. then your face on it. Yeah. Anyway, um, what's happened to you this week? I've promised we're recording this uh, for YouTube as well, just to try and get some more viewers coming over and, and stimulate some discussion. So we're filming this, and I've promised the people on YouTube a great yeah. Brad story. Yeah. What have you got? Well, usually I'm full of woe and, 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 and kind of trouble in the week that's passed. This week's not much different, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a scooter, which I've had for... So, like, a, motor, a motorcycle, like a small motorcycle, 50cc scooter. Somewhere between a pedal scooter. Yeah, it doesn't have pedals, but it's not much faster than something you could <laughs> pedal. Yeah. Uh, it goes about 30 mile an hour. And I love this thing, Johnny. I've had it for at least 10 years, and it's a Japanese imported thing. It's called a Honda Zuma. It looks like a military vehicle. It's painted olive drab green, and I will never sell so this. So, what thing. is olive drab? Olive drab is like a military NATO color. Right. So it's um, olive drab is is an army green. Okay. Like a low shine army green, like a mid green. Camouflagey. Camouflagey, but without the camouflage. Yeah. Not the pattern, yeah. but the color. Just the color. Yeah. Just the color. It's a NATO color. Olive yeah. drab is 
Uh, they call it OD. Anyway, if we say olive drab one more time, I'm going to cry. Let's. What, what's happened to your olive drab yeah. scooter? So <laughs> just pre-lockdown, um, I was on a, on a bit of a, a ride on it. And um, it was maybe February, I think, in the year. It was quite cold. And uh, the thing just started to conk out. I was about a mile away from home. And instead of going 30 miles an hour, it was going about three miles an hour yeah that's embarrassing and you're being hands, overtaken by walking well, my people. hands are freezing and i was like oh my god i've got to like try and get this thing home before it dies and uh, my anxiety was like off the chain because i love this thing and in my head i was like i've got to get home i've got to not get run over by fast casting fast passing vehicles um, that, that was a bold choice of words for a man that's drunk quite a lot of home <laughs> <room>. <laughs> I got it home anyway, Johnny. Yeah. And I, I'm vaguely mechanical. I took the thing apart a bit and I could see there was a problem with the drivetrain. Um, now, this was something I couldn't fix because I don't have a ra- I don't have a impact driver. So I took it to my local garage and um, I thought I was all fixed. I, I, got, I bought this new thing called a variator. We put it Just in. making up words at this we, point. We offered it up and um, it, it, it basically shit a brick. Didn't fit the engine. Um, I managed to buy a variator on eBay for one pound. Uh, that was. I've got no reference point for that, but it sounds it, cheap. It's like this metal, this bit of turned metal that, that spins at like six thousand revs a minute. Um, and, and this sort of salvage one we put in, in yesterday, me and the, and the, the garage guy, it kind of worked, but the battery wasn't charged very well. Anyway, I left the garage and he told me to push it home, but as I left the yard. I started it and it started, so I went off on a mad ride. I got so you're very just like, excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll just wheel it home. I, yeah, and then I, I got I got carried away, so I didn't wheel it home. Instead, I rode to Blackheath <laughs> on the top of Blackheath Mountain, which is a hill, right? It's a big old hill, and um, I think the battery just died on the way up. Basically, I got right up to the top, Johnny. And I sat there. It was a beautiful, glorious afternoon. I'd had a shitty day. You reveled in disobeying the mechanic. Oh, I turned, I turned the engine off. That's where I went wrong. <laughs> I sat down on a bench and I, I WhatsApped my girlfriend on a video call in my helmet. And I said, all right, babe, I'm on Blackheath. I've just ridden my motorbike. I'm so happy it's fixed. Um, and, and then you're like, I'll be home in 10. I'll be home in 10 minutes. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to poodle back. Yeah. Went to start the engine. <laughs> nothing. Uh, the battery was totally dead. I had to wheel the thing home for like four or five miles. Um, and then I had to go to a birthday party immediately afterwards. So uh, it was just all kinds of bad. But uh, but Did I, you I, tell the fascinating story to the people at the birthday? I did. I kind of bored them with it a little yeah. bit. Um, some of them, Danny, whose birthday it was, I've known him since I was like 20. Did you steal Danny's thunder? No, definitely not. I didn't steal Danny's thunder. <laughs> not, with, not with the scooter chat. Right, but um, other things, other dance things. moves. No, there weren't any dance moves. There was a there was a Dulux dog that what? was in that. You know, like the that, yeah, no Andrex dog. Uh, well, no, they're two different dogs. Andrex is a Labrador puppy. No, Dulux is the sheepdog. Yes, sheepdog dog. So we went to the Dog and Bell in Deptford, which is an amazing old man boozer. Um, yeah, great Holland camera place. There. It's a camera pub. Yeah, real old pub. Um, we were sat in there and this, this dog called Monty kept coming up to us and he, very clever dog. It was pushing the door open to get out into the garden. Um, I don't know why, why I've gone off on this tangent. That's what you do, Brad. I went off on this tangent. I don't know why. Call it a Brad Monty, tangent. Monty, a Brangent. Basically, I had a great day yesterday. I had, ter- 
I had a terrible day, then I had a great day, and then I woke up this morning and I had a massive banging headache from all the beer that I drank. And you thought that what would solve that is a load of homebrew. <laughs> homebrew, right? Because everyone knows that homebrew doesn't give you a hangover. Yeah. I mean, homebrew has this reputation of being awful. Yeah. But given the technology we have, all the equipment we've been given by Malt Miller, the yeast we've been given by Lalamund, and the, the, the endless advice I got from James, who's the head brewer at Verdant, that we'll be putting in the video that's all about this homebrew, homebrew is now... It, it can be incredibly high quality, as we've yeah. just learned. Even in my hands, yeah, it can be high quality. So I think this is a hangover cure for you, big time. And 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 I think I think I think I think I need to retract that instantly. It, it shook me out of my funk um, coming over here, mostly because I had to get about six trains over because I there we go. Another story wasn't from working. Brad. But anyway, Let's... mate, I'm having such a great time. We're drink. I've probably had two pints of this now. Yeah, we have, and it's, it's six point two. My 6.2%. But it is, blowing my own trumpet, it is a beautiful IPA. Hey, I put some of that stuff in the brew day. You, you, put, <laughs> you put some Magnum hops in and some of the malt. Yep. Didn't do a lot else. Uh, right, well, let's dig into this week's episode. Yes. So this week's episode was actually off the back of our live show that we did with London Craft Beer Festival two weekends ago. So long ago already. Feels like a long time ago. I was actually at Little Faith last night. I went back. Wait, you went back to yeah, the scene of the crime? Yeah, so I was like um, social distancing, like doing the the elbow thing to all the staff there who were awesome, uh, and we had a great time hanging out with them. And I, I stayed on afterwards and uh, had a little bit of a party with them. Did after you? Hours. Yeah, yeah. That's it's that's good. another Brad move as well. That's yeah, a brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we did a live show, uh, a five-hour-long live show with London Craft Beer Festival. The weekend that London Craft Beer Festival was supposed to happen, it's now mm. happening in November. You can you can buy tickets now. Yeah. I'll put a link in the descriptor. Um, and as part of that, we filmed a load of stuff from from the local area. So we went to Brick Brewery. We met up with Five Points. Uh, we did a tour of, of um, the McKellar Brew Pub. That was last week's video. This week's video was our brick tour. Yeah. Firstly, I'd like to apologise for the sound quality in the second half where we were doing the tasting. It was incredibly loud and one of our microphones bailed on us, so that was frustrating. However, it's still audible, it's just not ideal. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I put this as the video title. I think Brick are one of the most underrated breweries in London, if not the UK. Gotta be, right? Yeah, I mean... We had a great double IPA, which shouldn't be the measure of a brewery, but it it often is because of what yeah. you know what people are drinking. But they had an incredible cellared lager, like an eight week Keller beer, and then you know their sours. If you've never had them, their sours are the best in the country. They take a very different approach to every single one, like varying mm. the IBUs, the acidity, uh, the the malt bills, and you know obviously the amounts of of different ingredients going mm. in. Whereas I think a lot of breweries take a kind of one size fits all approach and just go well we'll add 100 grams of that 100 well not 100 grams i'm thinking homebrew <laughs> there a couple of kilograms of this fruit this fruit and this fruit and i think they take a really almost kind of chefy approach to getting balance mm. from their beers and none of them are like just massively fruity smoothie beers they're all really refreshing refined and therefore kind of complex beers even if they're very light and drinkable there's little notes popping off of different things that verbena one we had was was awesome yeah lemon verbena was yeah. oh what a beautiful beer that was um and so yeah we, we put that live we, we didn't think it was going to get huge views because that's what happens when you put a video of a an underrated brewery live but we really want to champion those guys because i think they make stellar beer big time uh, within and without the the core range i mean i was drinking keller bills keller pills sorry on my uh canoe i was on holiday last weekend uh last week 
in uh, Sussex. Yeah, you talked about it last week on the podcast. Yeah, I was... Oh, did I, really? Yeah. We talked, uh, see, there you go. I'm repeating myself <laughs> like an old man, so I won't go there. Yeah. You give you give Brad a 20-minute window to talk every week, <laughs> and he just repeats <laughs> himself. But So you were drinking that while you were... Yeah, I was drinking Keller Pills, so I've, I, I had my little cool box, my little Coleman cool box, in the front of the canoe, and I was reaching out and... Um, Bringing them out. out cans. So good, man. Brad, Brad very sweetly got me a little Coleman box, which I'm yeah. going camping this weekend. I'm going up to Little Earth Project. Nice. Um, which is an amazing brewery and pub, and they've got a camping sites. We're going there, and I'll be taking my little a. Brad, Brad-given uh, cool box Pleasure, for our mate. beers. Thank you. No um, should we dive into the comments? The comment I picked it. out, actually, isn't from uh, the Brick video. Yeah. It's actually from our live show with Wild Beer Co. Ooh. So we do a live show every month with a specific brewery or on a specific theme in which we, we talk about that theme or that brewery and taste their beers. And you can buy the boxes in advance and taste along. Um, and we got a comment. Somebody had clearly watched this after the fact. Uh, and it's from Lee Cassidy. And he says, G'day, fellas. I don't think he's Australian because he's drinking wild beer. said, really enjoyed the session with Wild Beer Co. Absolutely fantastic. When Brett mentioned coriander seeds producing pineapple flavours, mm. I'm fascinated. Do you know the style of beer he added it to or what stage of the brew process the seeds were added and if they were whole or crushed? So he's clearly a home brewer. He's looking to add that. Yeah. So the reason I picked that out is because I had my mind blown. Maybe about a year ago, I was drinking a left-handed giant beer, so an amazing brewery from Bristol, um, and they, on the ingredients list, it was a New England IPA, and on the ingredients list it said coriander seed. Hmm. So I was like, that's super interesting. It's definitely not like trying to have a whipped beer vibe, there's no Belgian yeast, there was no the traditional orange peel that you'd also add to yeah. to a whipped beer. Uh, so I put a question out on Twitter, and I think it was left-handed giant that replied and said, we add coriander seed because it's got high levels of... And I forget which of the hop compounds it is, but it's either like geraniol, linalool, one of these flavour compounds. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can, you know, it's not amplifying what's already there. It's literally adding more of that flavour compound yes. to the beer. So it's something, is it a biotransformation thing that happens? Um, or it's just, it's, it's there already. The, the sort I, of essential oil is within. I think the essential oil is within the coriander, but wow. you have to add it under the right conditions so that it doesn't biotransform. Right. So I think if you add it during the boil, uh, which is what you do with a whipped beer, you won't get it. You'll get the spicy, uh, earthy... Like herbal kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, the character right. that you get in a whipped beer. Yes. Whereas if you add it during fermentation, you won't destroy that compound and you'll get... Pineapple. Well, so Brett said pineapple. I get more kind of sweet mango, more fleshy kind of... So like a vibes. real ripe kind of thing. Wow. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and and so I've seen actually a couple of left-handed giant beers that are not at all Belgian-inspired have coriander in where they've wanted to ele- elevate that kind of really ripe, fruity element. So it's definitely a thing. Wowza. Uh, I, d- I don't think coriander is a, an allergen in any way, so I don't think they have to particularly declare it. But it's super interesting that we've found these other ways of doing it. Um I mean, it, it reminds me of, so uh, Lagunitas, not a brewery we like to champion anymore because of their ownership of Heineken, but they um, they teamed up with maybe Berkeley University and released a, um, a genetically modified yeast yeah. that took, I think it was linalool from, maybe it was the basil plant, inserted it into the yeast... And then managed to get all of these really fruity 
fresh flavors out of the yeast. So they're injecting what are generally perceived as hop compounds yes. into the yeast. And during the yeast fermentation process, you release those compounds again. So people are trying to find ways to use maybe less hops, yeah. which, you know, probably from a craft perspective seems a bit, well, it's cutting corners, which has never been the craft way. I think, I mean, it's not like you're... They're not adjuncts as such, are they? They're, they're GMO stuff, so you're getting different kind of uh, compounds and, and whatnot from the yeast. Because hops are really expensive as well, aren't they? This is the other thing. Yeah, I mean, that that's yeah that's what I was looking to get to. Like, yeah. It seems like a shortcut, but hops are incredibly expensive. The amount of hops you have to put into a New England IPA, there's such a volume of hops that yeah. you waste both beer and hops. Yeah. So people are looking at ways to go, well, we, we can get the same flavours by adding a little bit less hops, wasting a little bit less beer. And efficiency to a point yes. is good. Efficiency for, you know, with the idea of being sustainable mm -hmm. is a great thing. Efficiency in the way that many macro brews have done it, which is margin efficiency, yeah, is yeah. different. So it might work out a little bit cheaper to be adding coriander or to be using GMO yeasts. But the intent should be to reduce wastage, to increase flavour, to increase reliability of flavour as well, because hops obviously vary a lot. Yeah, year, uh, year, on year, year upon year. Yeah, there's yeah, vintages, uh, um, seasons. I think it's... I mean, I'm, I'm quite anti-GMO stuff in general, but I think it's a way of pushing forward craft beer and, and like, sort of playing with the edges of stuff. And GMO, I think, also... Like there's there's probably lots of unethical stuff happening within GMO, but yeast is used actually a lot in genetically modified stuff. It's used a lot in medicine because it's a very simple little simple organism. organism, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's there's nothing that can really go wrong with it, so yeah. it's quite an ethical way of of playing with it. You're not going to create some kind of superhuman yeast that's going to take over the world. You're not modifying or invading on any people's you know rights or yeah i think people get it. a bit scared about like things like crops and also you know like grafting bits of pigs onto human dna and like all this kind of crazy <laughs> shit but we're talking about single-celled organisms here pretty and just pretty and much yeah just making them uh have different kind of flavor profiles and esters yeah and you're stuff. just changing little pathways so it's saying yeah. well while you produce this while you produce this co2 and this uh the, all these other compounds yeah I've just edited a little bit of DNA and added this extra flavour compound you're going to produce. Which is kind of exciting. And it's it's something that we've been doing as humans, I think, at least from the Victorian era. They used to hybridise uh, apple trees and, and um, flower varieties. Dogs, I mean, dogs. We've bred dogs to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, from hops. like a husky to like a tiny little hops themselves. You know, Cascade hops, which is what started the American craft beer revolution, was, was a hybrid of, I think, an American hop and, and fungus yeah. to try and breed out uh, susceptibility to certain funguses. So we, we, you know, obviously it's very different when you're doing it in a lab with a needle and editing DNA. But at the end of the day, you're still editing DNA by forcing two things to, to kind of mate. And, you know, lots of the malts that we consume, whether it's beer or any other product, are intervened with. Mm. Not 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 necessarily genetically, but they are crossbred to have certain um, Yeah, you bre you're breeding it for the, for the strength or the, the reliability of the crop. Yeah. Or, you know, it's... I think Golden Promise is the famous example of people trying to breed the, the perfect brewing malt. Yeah. Or, well, grain. 
Um, this is, I think, it's all really exciting stuff that is only going to get more exciting and more involved as we go on. Yeah, and there's more demand for it. And I think like the verdant thing that's going on is a great example of that. Like, for, like previously, it was pretty hard to do like a really good New England homebrew, and now there's almost like this like magic secret sauce that you can just pour in. Obviously, some skill involved. <laughs> But, uh, Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a huge amount of the flavour of the beer that we're drinking does come from that yeast. Yeah. And I mean, there's no, as far as I know, there's no genetic modification that's been going on there. That would no. be quite the Sorry. story. I didn't want to imply that. <laughs> All I wanted to say was that, like, you know, the kind of, you know, the, the around the outer edges of stuff like yeast, a lot of people don't think about yeast when they're home brewing, I don't think. And it can be, like, amazingly. Yeah, I mean, the, the wonderful story which is in our video is about how. Basically, Verdant were given a, a contaminated yeast batch, hmm. um, and they took out one of those contaminants, and that's become their house yeast. And that couldn't have been done without a laboratory um, and picking that out. So there's lots of exciting stuff happening within laboratories that is changing the way that beer is made, the way that food's made, the way that drugs are made as well. Yeah. Like GMO is, is is heavily used in in the production of drugs in a safe way to to save lives and. Um, well, we're just reaping the, the beery benefits right now. Um, and it's enabled me to brew my first good New England IPA. Not good, yeah. really good New or England like, IPA. Like, excellent. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Speaking of, pour me another little you bit. You need another pour. Well, I am riding a bicycle home, but who cares? So we... So we're reaching the end of uh, this week's Friday 5pm. We've waffled on for a solid 25 minutes. Um, and I'm sure that Brad will continue to waffle because I'm, I'm pouring him a full glass. So it looks like Brad and I are starting a session, so we're going to leave you there, I think. Um, thank you very much for tuning in, both on YouTube and to us here, as always, on the Friday 5pm podcast at Friday. At Friday on 5pm. Yeah, Come on, Johnny. Keep it together. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just all you need to do, guys, search for The Bubble. Um, on whatever you stream your your, uh, podcast podcast from. And give us a listen. Give us a go. Why not? Give us a listen and give us a rating as well. So we put an appeal out to get some ratings from people that really, really helped us. And now we're in the top 100 podcasts for food and drink in the UK, which is crazy. (laughs) So please do rate us if you enjoy uh, what we're doing. Um, And if you're listening to the podcast, we don't know the YouTube channel, head to youtube.com slash the craft beer channel, I think. Or Craft Beer Channel, one of the two. Uh, Otherwise, we'll catch you next Friday. uh, And obviously, every single Wednesday at 4pm, we will have another video going live. To homebrew, Bradley. Ah, to homebrew, mate. We love you. The Bubble Podcast is brought to you by the nerds behind YouTube's Craft Beer Channel. Head to youtube.com slash the craft beer channel to watch this week's video and over 400 more exciting episodes. If you love what we do, please, please, please do subscribe and even join our Patreon at patreon.com slash craft beer channel. Love and beer. <laughs>